Welcome to Forerunners Podcast. This is Ryan Conrad Part 2. If you'd like to find Ryan on Instagram, follow him at underscore Ryan Conrad underscore. And you can follow JNA Racing at JNA Racing. Let's get right into it. All right, we're back. Um, so you went over to JNA, and when you went over to JNA, I've seen on your card it says director of sponsorship, but I've also seen under your name director of training. So, what what was your capacity capacity that you got hired there in? So when when I got hired, I, I really think it was for that community aspect. Um, so again, using my background in, in running, um, at the time I wasn't at RRCA certified coach, and I still, you know, I, I have that now. Um, but I think coaching um, is so much more than kind of numbers and workouts. It's about caring. It's about learning people's hearts. Um, so I, I went to JNA to help build. I think that really the, the run community, the JNA run community and the community as a whole. So that's that story of those few awesome ladies uh, showing up yeah. and, and, and going from there. Um, so I used, I guess, my, my background in running to, to help coach. Um, but I, I really think I saw myself more as somebody to help spread the word about JNA and our events and also build those relationships in the community um, to, to make the, the run community stronger. Um, and then over the years it, it's transitioned and, and now I really feel like I, I'm hitting my, my groove as a sleazy salesperson. I always joke that Ashley's a social worker changing lives and I'm just slinging back in the day VIP boxes. Um, and, and now I'm just, uh, doing sponsorships, but I hope, uh, and especially for Shamrock, I, I hope our runners that are, are running that weekend can appreciate some of our, our new partners and I'll shout out like Noon, Noon Hydration mm-hmm. and Honey Stinger, I, I think are doing amazing things for, for the space as far as uh, great uh, organic healthy products and then we've brought on some really f- fun new partners that are pretty large companies in this area and it's just not about writing a check for them, it's about giving back so um, different groups if you're at the expo, post-race party, on course, I think you're going to start to see hopefully small changes um, that uh, can start to make a difference. So now, yes, now I'm just back to a sleazy salesperson. Uh, I still do care, and uh, I still uh, love the the community aspect. Um, but yeah, it has transitioned over the last year or so, um, and I feel like I, I'm where I'm meant to be. Meant to be in the sense of what I love about sales and, and meeting people to uh, meant to be uh, with the run community and and hopefully helping. When I did a deep dive on your social media, I saw... That's called stalking, but go ahead. It's it's a euphemism (laughs) that makes it more pleasant sounding. So I saw that when you were 15 years old, you made a promise that you would use running for good in, in, in the world. And I've also seen and and heard that you kind of get to fulfill that promise through um, the running community and JNA. What what kind of good things is JNA doing through through running? Sure, and I would say JNA and our community are doing good things because um, so we have a foundation now, uh, the JNA Racing Foundation, 
And since 2014, we, we and I don't mean JNA, I mean JNA and the community, we, we've been able to give over a million dollars back to nonprofits. So each one of our events, um, we have a cause behind. So there's a list of, of charities, nonprofits, but we have one that's called a premier charity. So each one of our premier charities, uh, participants have the chance to donate to them as well within registration, and then JNA will make additional donations. And, and it's just been so powerful. And I'll use, since we talked about Norfolk Harbor, uh, Chartway is the title sponsor huge partner of ours and they have the we promise foundation so thanks to we promise chartway our community we were able to grant a wish um, right at the finish line at the post-race party uh, during the chartway norfolk harbor race weekend and that's not just because of jna but that's because each one of those five thousand participants uh, coming up for shamrock rock solid foundation that builds uh, hope with playhouses and ready bags uh, for for um, families battling uh, pediatric cancer, they're going to be building again in our expo a playset, and really teaching the community more about their efforts. So, it's just been amazing to see that what running can do, not just for us as individuals, but for the community, is is a powerful thing. I think in today's world, people want to run for a cause, and it, we're fortunate enough to allow people to have that cause to run for a cause at our events and then something that really is powerful to me um, and I know so many other folks a few years ago um, we, we have um, title one students in, in school so low-income low uh, areas in our communities and, and we go in thanks to our great uh, friends at running etc we partnered with them and we outfit um, those children with uh, running shoes. So we partner with ASICS and Running Etc. this year, and uh, we've been able to fit, uh, for this coming Shamrock, almost 700 students for free running shoes. Mm -hmm. And then we give them bus transportation to and from the start of the Operation um, Smile Final Mile, and we give them free race entries. So at a very young age, they're learning the impact of community. They're learning the impact of what fitness and making it fun can be and it's just amazing Bob our announcer who is such an inspiration to countless people in our community uh, he's leprechaun Bob at Shamrock and yeah. he comes in he runs with the students our staff runs with the students and it's just magical where this was again I credit Jerry and Amy and their vision this was um, something that Amy thought about a few years ago and it started with one little boy and one little boy went to 100 pairs of shoes. Those 100 pairs of shoes went to 500, and now it's seven, 800 pairs of shoes later. Um, and it's just so powerful to see where running shoes can take you. Uh, a dear friend of mine, a friend of so many in this community, um, the former um, chief running officer of Runner's World, Bart Yasso, he has a quote, and he signed this on a piece of paper, and it hangs right above my uh, desk, and it says... Um, Basically, just imagine where running can take you. There's no limits, right? And I, I look at that daily, and I, I think he's spot on. It's those little kids uh, that are running the, the final mile. It's that person that just beat cancer. It's that person that is, you know, coping with a loss in their life that finishes, right? There's endless amounts of opportunity. Um, 
to find a race, to find a goal. And I, it's just so powerful to see it start at such a young age, yeah. uh, thanks to our community partners with the, with those those kids' shoes. Yeah. I, um, I could see how it would be easy to go to a race and run it yourself as an adult and not understand how big a deal that mile is to a child. But my daughter... She's she's eleven and she doesn't do much running at all. She's she's a creative. Okay, she, I love it. She trained for that mile, and in her eleven years of life, almost twelve, she f- crossing the finish line at the kids' mile at the Norfolk Harbor half is her greatest or her proudest accomplishment. There's nothing that she's more proud of, and she's done a lot of great things. Like she had the highest GPA in her school. Like, but show off. <laughs> yeah. But I think, I think what it is, is that, um, she worked hard for it and that she, she was able to accomplish something that, that she sense of accomplishment. Yeah. So it, I think that that is going to be in, in her life when she gets older, just that kid's mile. That's, it's important. If you, if you're listening to this and you have kids Encourage them to to run some of these kids things that that J and A or any any other race offers. Um, it's you you know how you feel when you cross the finish line. So you can't imagine how a child would feel being cheered on, uh, working hard to to cross the finish line. And I think it's awesome that you guys encourage that through the kids mile. And not only that, but you're giving kids who would never even double. Uh, look twice at it or have the opportunity at all to come and participate in that and have something that will ultimately shape them for a long time and, and promote health in their life and, and realize that there's people that are in this world that cheer them on. So Yeah, I think for some kids, and it's sad, they, they might not have those cheerleaders, but they come to Shamrock and, and that final mile Saturday, it's controlled chaos. It's 5,000 kids. <laughs> But they also have 5,000 cheerleaders that are next to them as, as a fellow students, but they also have a, a, a line of people that are just going crazy for them. And it's just, when I think about it, it's, again, emotional, really, that a pair of running shoes could change one student's life. I, I think a lot about the power of one, that if we're, it's almost a snowball effect, the power of one, that if you're able to focus and help change one person's life, it quickly multiplies. And I think for us uh, as a community, be it that run club during the week or a race, if if we're as leaders able to help just one person, it quickly blossoms to so much more. Yeah. Um, at JNA, you guys get to really come in contact with runners and athletes that we see in media and like really look up to. What's it been like to to I know that you've had personal interaction with a lot of these decorated athletes. What's it what's it like to have uh had conversations with some of these guys? I think each one of them has taught me something that I, I still carry to this day. If if we think about our our featured guests over the past couple of years, I I'll go back to Shalane. So Shalane taught me discipline. And so she came to Shamrock a few years ago when she was injured and I talk about discipline as an elite athlete that's one of the most accomplished women's distance runners of all times but just talking to her and seeing her actions she was um, she was injured 
but she had the, the discipline and from how she talked, how she carried herself, to I knew she would bounce back. And then the next November, she goes on to win the New York City Marathon. And, and just seeing that progression through those conversations and discussions, Shamrock Weekend, to following her uh, you know, on, on Instagram or Facebook, um, it really just showed me her discipline and her belief in herself. Mm-hmm. Uh, her friend, um, who's just an amazing person, uh, Lise Kopecki was with her, and now they have a couple cookbooks that are fabulous. Uh, shout out to the Superhero Muffins. Uh, you guys need to pick up that cookbook. Um, but she taught me the power of, of healthy food, right? Mm-hmm. That it, it's great to you know, kind of have that snack or have that, uh, you know, indulgence. But when you're, you're training at a high level and a high level could be, you're trying to accomplish your first half marathon, right. Or your first marathon or trying to qualify for Boston, but just the power of food that it's fuel, what you're putting in your body is going to help you or possibly hinder you. So, uh, you know, leading up to kind of my a races, I, I looked to her cookbook and I'm a terrible cook, I, I, or whatever you want to call it, but Ashley, bless her heart, shout out to my wife again for making amazing meals, um, you know, so the feel. So I think of Elise and for just teaching the power of food, uh, Shalane discipline. Um, I think of Kara Goucher, just to hold on to what's right in your mind and, and never deviate from that. So. Uh, we had her a couple years ago and just the power of family her um her husband adam is someone i looked up to for a number of years if you're listening to this podcast and you want one of the greatest books ever you should read uh, running with the buffaloes he was profiled as a college um, athlete in, in that book and adam and, and caribou showed me again kind of holding her on to your morals and if you're finally excuse me if you're following the journey of like a clean sport um you'll you know see their names pop up a bunch but then also the power of family uh they brought their son colt uh i think he pr'd the final mile and just they take him around now to their appearances and it's just wonderful to see them as a family so again just how important family is um we had boyan one of the founders of november project larger than life so him and bg both really tall guys just they're zealous for life or their like funness. And I think that goes across if you go to MP workout here locally, but just bringing the fun and and just never not trying to have a bad day, I guess. So he just showed me, I remember I walked into the hotel lobby and he literally was like yelling, not yelling, but just, Hey, I'm over here. And just give me a big hug. And he's like twice my size. And I was like, this is okay, dude, what's up, man? Nice (laughs) to meet you. So just to always have fun. He taught me that. Um, but I think the person that taught me the most is really Meb over the past uh, year and getting to know him and his brother Howie and uh, one of their other uh, staff, uh, Liam. And, and they each one of them taught me humility and to be present. And I still take that away from Meb, um, where if in all my interactions with him, if he's talking to you, he's talking to you. He's not thinking about somebody else. And I've seen it um, now on multiple occasions where he will be talking to somebody that wants his picture or an autograph, and he's asking them about them. He's not being the standoff athlete, um, really, in my opinion, one of the most accomplished people of all time in in the running industry. Uh, He's being present 
he's interacting with them. And I saw him about a month ago, and it was just amazing. You know, he meets countless people every day, and I saw him, and the first thing he asked was, how's Aiden? So it just made me feel like, man, you know, I consider him a friend now, and just to see him as a person, but also this accomplished runner, he just, he's always present when he's talking to you, and he's always himself it, it's not a show um, mm-hmm. that I've seen with other um, folks mainly in, in the music industry yeah nice that's a that's amazing that you've had that opportunity to I mean those people are great because of those little things and to be able to interact with them and learn those things and see it firsthand I'm sure that's seriously impactful on your own life well, i think they're ambassadors for a sport that you know we see the nfl every sunday or we see you know the the baseball contracts that are astronomical um but again just like we we talked about earlier they're people just like you and i mm-hmm. and these individuals that we just spoke about they're the most accomplished runners yet they're great people um and i think in some other sports you, you don't see that every time yeah, I, I've noticed that about running. It seems like almost every person that I found on YouTube that I think is an amazing runner, they all seem just straight up like humble and amazing. Like there's there's greatness in them somehow, and it's not they're not like peacocks like Conor McGregor or something. They're they're like I'm I'm thinking about like Courtney Mc. Uh, Courtney DeWalter or Jim Walmsley and uh, and Kip Chogi. Like, these people, they seem just kind. And I wonder if it's it's got to do with the nature of our sport and, and endurance and patience and things of, of that nature and the discipline that, that it takes. I, and I think they surround all the those names and the ones that I think about. They, they all surround themselves. Again, it, it's, it's community, that they, they embrace the community. They have a network of folks and that help them be a better person. Um, and again, I, I just don't think you see that in other sports. I think about cross country as a young kid and now, again, going back to the run crews of, of our community now, it's about embracing everyone. Um, it's truly embracing like MP where you, you give a hug or three, or it's that uh, run club um, during the week that they ask you to you know, give a high five or wait till the last runner or walker comes through. Again, I guarantee you wouldn't see that in any other sport. Yeah. Let's talk about your running. Mm-hmm. Um, I just found out just last week that you have done some ultra running. You did the, the JFK 50 at some point in your life. Tell us a little bit about that. Sure. So early on, again, I, I set this goal. I don't even know why I set it. I think it was just that I felt like these people were like like superhuman um, but I grew up near the starting line of the JFK 50 in Maryland I was right on the PA Maryland border and, and the JFK is the oldest and I think still the largest ultra marathon in the United start, uh, States and I, I used to go to uh, the race and just think these people were crazy and I was like I need to do this so one day I was like I'm gonna do it before I'm 25 I had no clue how or really why I said 25 uh, but again, I, I believe in relationships, so I end up at a Christmas party uh, through a friend, and I got introduced to the race director, and I told him that goal. Um, and then a couple years later, I, I found myself 
at the starting line of the JFK. Um, and a few weeks before that, I had foolishly stepped off, just a freak accident, stepped off um, the curb wrong and mm-hmm. rolled my ankle. So I found myself as, I think I was, yeah, I was 24 right there, right before my 25th birthday, 24-year-old with kind of a bummed ankle ready to run 50 miles. But I loved every single painful moment. I still uh, get made fun of um, in my family because my uh, mom made me this huge dinner and my girlfriend, now wife, Ashley, was right next to me and my family. And I was so dehydrated, so tired, I literally passed out. And I'm going to do it because we're on the podcast. And I was like, and I just passed out right in my food after running 50 miles, <laughs> oh face gosh. down in my food. Just severe dehydration, just giving it my all. So um, it wrecked me but I never felt so alive. So it's still one of my favorite memories uh, for two reasons. Number one, that I accomplished it and I set out this crazy goal of running 50 miles um, really as a kid uh, before I was 25. But then it it also showed me um, the mental side of running. And it's really the first time, even when I ran in college, I don't think I ever went to a place that hard, right? And I think Jillian, you know, touched upon it before too with Ultra. But just to feel so free being out in the woods. So for if you're not familiar with the JFK, it starts, goes straight up into the Appalachian Trail. Then it goes on a towpath that's kind of like a first landing if, if you're listening and you're local to the area. Um, but I, I went through some really dark patches. But again, I, I go back to community because I would come up on a water stop and an aid station and you felt like a rock star, like everyone was cheering for you. I still talk about like it, so it's in November, it's before Christmas, but one aid station, they they had Santa Claus there, and I was like, what is going on? This is awesome. Uh, My wife still makes fun of me because she said that I came through an aid station, and there was a guide, and it was like, your runner's gonna be cranky, and sure enough, I came in, I like took some like whatever a chew or something, um, and you know some like fuel and just like threw it at them and pieced out and kept on running. So um, that race again taught me um, just to keep charging when things are dark, and then um, the sense of uh, achievement. Have you done any more ultras since that one, or is that your only one? Uh, that's my only one. Um, I definitely want to go back to it one day and. Um, you know, I believe if you're going to say something, you better freaking do it. So I one day I want to accomplish a 100 miler, but I think it's number one, I want to do it when I'm older um, because right, I think, you know, running can be selfish and I want to embrace family time and, you know, work and, and all that. So maybe one day when I'm older, I can hobble across the finish line for a 100 miler. Nice. This year you went to New York City. I did. Uh, I, again, um, and I keep going back to my childhood, but I, I read a book about Fred LeBeau, and he was um, very instrumental in the New York City Marathon. I read it as a kid and said one day I'm going to run the uh, New York City Marathon. I also said foolishly one day I would be the race director of the New York City Marathon, so I don't know, maybe when I'm 55 uh, or 60. But anyways, uh, yeah, so a goal was realized this year, a huge goal for me. And I, I if you know me, I believe in quotes. I have quotes everywhere. I tell people quotes all the time or mantras, you know, your running mantra. Um, and each one of our race, uh, my races, uh, kind of a race, I would go in with, it's, it's got to be a PR, 
it's got to be this, that, and the other thing. The only thing I thought about for New York the whole time in training was to experience it. And I got three or four miles in, even though I put in a bunch more training than I have. Um, I was, I felt like I was selfish. I feel like I tried to give back more with the training team in the past or just more involved in the community where I woke up every day ready to train. I was hitting for me, I was running 45 to, <clears throat> excuse me, 50 mile weeks pretty consistently. I, my training was spot on. Uh, but I got into that race three or four miles in and I was humbled. Uh, I just realized it wasn't my day. I don't know what happened. I, it wasn't the training. It wasn't anything bad I ate before or anything like that. I just realized it wasn't my day. And I was like, you know what? I'm here. My whole mantra was to experience it. So I'm going to experience it. And a light switch clicked for me. And uh, my wife caught a picture of me and I just had these like stretched out arms, just excitement, right? But literally from the 10 case uh, on, even though I was hurting, I knew I was going to be way off my goal time. I embraced it. And I remember running with this one guy and um, I said, do you feel like a rock star? Because I, I do right now. And he, he was like, what? <laughs> and he said, what? Because it was so loud going through the crowds that he couldn't hear what I said. So I would, uh, and I know we're on a podcast and I'm pretty animated, but if you can envision me like throwing my hands up like this and I would go down and I did this for mile after mile, like down a block and just keep my hand out. And the people would give you that love back where they would go crazy for you. And I would slap as many high fives or like, <clears throat> excuse me, so many kids had signs that said, you know, hit this for power. And I would, be, I would like hit it and yell at them. And these kids would like start jumping up and down. So again, I, it was my second slowest marathon. But again, early on, I knew it wasn't my day. And I had that light switch. I said, you know what? I'm here. I spent all this time training, spent all this money to get here. Selfishly, you know, my wife came along and selfishly, this was like a Ryan vacation um, mm -hmm. because she wanted me to have that dream come true. So I wasn't going to waste it. So I got done. I had a great time with our friends uh, that were with us, uh, Rick and Megan. I ate literally an entire pizza um, and just embraced the moment. So Again, I went in thinking that I could maybe PR, but it was more about the experience, and I was quickly humbled that it was about the experience that day, so I wouldn't have traded. Yeah. What's the... I'm I'm imagining... You said that JFK 50 was in your top three. It, was New York City in your top three, too, or...? Yes. Yeah, so, I, I... Yes, 100%. So, I'll kind of rank them. Um, so, the top three would be, uh, number one... Uh, just my experience being a college athlete and, and runner and those memories um, taught me so much about myself and lifelong friends. So I kind of sum up my racing in, in college yeah. as number one. Uh, number two is um, New York City now just because of the experience I got to have. And I'm so proud of my training that I was very consistent um, and was able to balance that with, you know, life. And number three was uh, JFK. Yeah. So I, I, I guess I, I don't really race a lot, and I think it's because of my job. Um, and I probably need to race more. Um, but I, I usually try to have, I would say, like a goal race or an A race uh, maybe once a year. Yeah. Do you... Um... Do you have, I know you just kind of said that in the future, you really hope to do a hundred miler. Mm -hmm. um, what are some other bucket list things you want to do? Or maybe, 
maybe a current goal? Sure. So I think right now my current goal is to get fit. For me, I think there's a difference between being fit as a runner and being kind of fit for life. So uh, doing a lot more cross training, getting back to um, like traditional lifting, I'd say. Um, But then it's just not how much can I lift because my skinny arms probably can only like bench press 95 pounds, give or take 30 pounds. Um, so it's more about just being fit. So overall strength and with the cross training and uh, a little bit of running, but I, I'm actually a warm weather runner. So I, I really see it kind of playing out. Um, I'll make a decision maybe in June or July to see if I, I want to try to go for a, another marathon. I definitely do. I said, I joked that I was semi-retired after New York. Um, but I definitely I'm hungry for another marathon. But the timing's got to be right. Right. I think with some some marathon journeys, you got to be all in, or it's not going to go well. Mm-hmm. And I, I've seen that with some folks that I've coached, and even in my own training when I thought about a marathon. So I need to be all in from the get go. All in means um, knowing that family time, work, everything lines up right. So I I think a current goal would be reevaluate where I am in June or July and if I feel like my mileage can get there um, I have about 12 minutes to take off uh, I really want to sub three marathon at some point and I awesome. just I have some time there but 12 minutes is 12 minutes so mm-hmm. um, it definitely takes time and dedication um, so I think that would be a bucket list goal next would be uh, the three-hour barrier for the marathon um, at some point. And then again, jokingly, the 100 miles, I think one day, I, I know I'm going to do it, but it's going to be a long time coming, especially if I said it on the podcast. Now I'm going to be made fun of by my parents and think I'm crazy. Western and, states, man. Yeah, Western states. There's good documentaries <laughs> about states. it. If you're listening, like Google Western states uh, documentaries. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you giving us your time and telling us a little bit about your experience with JNA and your experience as a runner. And I think it's amazing that you, (laughs) this is how I'm gonna sum it up through the stalking that I've done. I think if you look at your life from an overhead view, that ultimately you have uh, accomplished your dream. And I know you still probably have more to accomplish, but from from an outside looking in, when I look at your, your life, and what's been laid before us. I think it's amazing that you've been able to do so many good things through through running, that so many good things have stemmed from things you've done and so many good things have been done for people in need or in pain through things that you've done and now uh, through JNA Racing and the people who, like you've, you've said, participate in it. That JNA allow, is a conduit for good so that the goodness of the people have somewhere to, they can focus it somewhere. So I really appreciate that. And uh, there's a couple more things I'll appreciate, but that I'll, I'll say them in I appreciate you. And again, I think it's, I've said it now probably 72 times, but it's, it's community. It's leaning on each other through good times, bad times. Bad times could be injury. Bad times could be, you know, hardship in your life. But the good mm-hmm. times are those finish lines. It's those Saturday mornings when it's 32 degrees and somehow raining, snowing, and sleeting, but you still meet somebody mm-hmm. to run with, right? And I think that's that's what we have here in, in our region and in our communities are those people to lean on and um, just being able to play a very, very small role in that to, 
see it all come to fruition for someone at a finish line is really my happiest moments. And, and when I can see my little guy run the leprechaun dash and then, uh, you know, see my wife having a good time with her friends and then seeing our community have a good time, that's my dream. Yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you, man. Thank you. Yo, guys, we're back with Ryan here. We forgot to do the lightning round, so we're here at the JNA community race, and I'm going to throw some of these questions at him. I added a few extra ones. Just you're, for a bonus? Yeah. You're, for a bonus? You're, my fir- you're the first uh, guy who's going to hear these choices. So this is this I'm or that. I'm sweating. Oh, gosh, she's nervous. All right, so here we go. Hot or cold running? Hot. Group or solo run? Group, community, come on. There we go. Music or silence? Music. Trailer road. Depends on my mood. Uh-oh. Uh, I got to answer. Trail. All right. Uphill, downhill. Uphill. Gel or chew? Oh, I'm terrible. Um, Martin, the new Martin. Can I put in a, a plug for Martin? <laughs> I guess so. I Martin don't... gels. They're Martin delicious. Gels. All right. And they work. I'll try some. And Mo- Honey Stinger, official gel of Shamrock Marathon. Yeah. I'm a Honey Stinger guy. Uh, all right. Morning or night running? Morning. Long run or short run? Long. Garmin or Apple? Garmin. I love you, Garmin. There we go. Cake or pie? Ice cream cake. Dairy Queen Carvel. Ice cream cake, yes. Where that are is, my peoples? That's, that's a top choice right there. And now we're going into uncharted territory. Star Trek or Star Wars? Star Wars because Aiden loves it. Oh, Hold on. I did get permission. I did get Danny permission. is getting yelled at right now. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Comedy or action? Comedy. All right. Hogwarts school. I'm not a Harry Potter fan. Dang. You're the second one, man. I, uh, what, you're what's yours? Green. You're wearing what's green, dude. Slytherin. They're kind of They're kind of villainous, though. So. Obviously. Anyways, any parting words? We can edit this out if you don't have it. No, we're not editing it. It's a beautiful sunrise in Virginia Beach this morning. So no matter where you are in the world and you're listening to this, get out tomorrow, run, enjoy your day, enjoy the people around you. And this is a really good podcast. Not because I'm on it, but it's because of Drew Midland and Jillian that was before it and all the ones following. So you rock, my friend. Have fun. Hope to see thousands of people at Shamrock. Excellent. All right, man. Over the past few weeks, I've enjoyed getting to know Ryan better. He's added to my life in the short time that we've had to interact. I think Ryan's very intentional when it comes to leaving a lasting impression on the people that he comes in contact with. I hope that even if you've never met him, you get that sense too from our conversation. Next week, expect Rob Hunter part one. Rob is owner of Endeavor Running Company and currently coaches dozens of athletes. For now, This is Danny, signing off. Godspeed.